Hello and welcome to the Press the Action Button podcast, where one pinstripe potteroo and one ripperoo talk about video games. My name is Newman. My name is Yusuf. That's right. Uh, as always, your name is still Yusuf and my name is still Newman. And today we're going to talk about a video game, unusually, uh, called Crash Bandicoot. That's right. <laughs> you may have been confused by the mentions of a potteroo, um, which I didn't realize was an animal until I was researching this uh, podcast, which is such a rare animal that when you look on Wikipedia, you don't see photos of it. You see sketches and illustrations. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's not extinct as well. So I don't know why. Um, That's very so weird. We are doing Crash Bandicoot, the PlayStation 1, I think it's fair to say, classic platformer. Yeah, it is really a classic. And um, looking back at this game again, I just kind of remember how big of a deal it was and you know you can kind of when you think of this game you kind of think ah it's a platformer but really it um it, it did so many things for the first time and a bandicoot is also a rather a reclusive animal it would seem i've never seen one view no uh, but i mean i think also like it resembles nothing like crash you know it's just a weird little <laughs> rodent true 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 i mean a hedgehog doesn't look like sonic at all what? I've seen some blue hedgehogs. <laughs> On Sega, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, anyway, how are you? I am good. I am I'm sitting on a uh, on a new mattress I got. I got my landlord mm. to get us a new one, which is very impressed what, with that. What brand do you go for? Dormeo or something. I've never heard of it. Dormeo. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. I usually think I see it on those uh, you know. Buy one now and get it for twenty nine ninety nine. You know, one of those, or you know, those shows that start before, like because I usually during the week I'm watching TV before normal air stuff starts, so they have yeah. stuff like that rolling over, and you know, uh, you know, like your uh, radio chipped frying pan. I yeah, think Dormeo's yeah. there pretty frequently. So you're like congratulations, eight, your eight in one mop thing. Um, <laughs> So I went and like, we were, we had a very limited budget. So I was like, oh, cool. Well, where do you get mattresses from? So I looked up all the big names that you see all over the place on usually sponsoring podcasts, but not this one. We are not sponsored mm-hmm. by Dormeo. Um, so I looked up like Casper mattresses and M mattresses and they are feckin' expensive, I'll tell you that. So not, not that expensive. Oh, they are, yeah. Like you're looking at minimum. Well, actually you should spend a lot of money on a mattress, but we, we were limited to 300 pound for a mattress. I got was, a double... Emma mattress for about three hundred and fifty pounds. Did you? Which of a king size? Yeah, I did. And uh, no, we've only got a standard double, but I was also the price to get it removed as well. So we had to do all that. But um, should have gone for the Simba. The Simba mattress is pretty good. You should. Why didn't you ask me? You know, I'm I'm a subscriber to Witch. I could have given you all mental. the insider info. The, the fact what? you're a subscriber to Witch makes me think you're bad with money decisions. That you're going to go and do that. Why? They test everything. They're <laughs> they a great, great company. Like, that's why mm-hmm. I saw mm-hmm. you coming. That's why I'm not asking your opinion. Well, on. I I recently reduced my subscription level because they were sending me physical paper magazines in the post, and I no longer wanted them. So I was like, just send me the emails. That's all I want. I, I can't want the access. There, oh. I can't believe there's multi tiers to the witch subscription fees. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be, um, and it's not really that cheap. I think it's like nine euro. A month oh my god! Get off it! Just Google it. <laughs> Well, see, it's parents here will agree with me. They know what's really good. And they want to know what's really good when they're buying their kids car seats, buggies, you know, that kind of stuff. Every uh, item that is like, which is best buy 
has a little logo on it saying that it's the top recommended by which anyway not all of them <laughs> the, the mattresses do not not the car seats anyway anyway i got a new mat i got a new mattress in it so i'm sitting here very comfortably and i am enjoying it and uh, what else was i doing i was playing a bit of um what do you call it control which is i had a weird relationship with control i really liked that at the beginning i thought this is cool um and you start off really kind of your normal third person game and stuff and then as you kind of get powers throughout it so where most games would give you a starting ability of this is how you block this is how you dash this is how you double jump or do whatever that stuff is you unlock them as powers and you start feeling really cool and powerful when you can you know your shield is you pull up like rocks from the ground and protect yourself with it and you know you dash super quickly and everything so that's all oh this is really cool mm-hmm. i was expecting that just to keep kind of developing and it didn't and then i just found it really frustrating trying to get around so i stopped playing it even though it's meant to be oh dear i got about 85 percent of the way through very very close to the end and i just i was just like this isn't fun so, yeah you know, it's frustrating so i put it down and i don't think i'll pick it back up again yeah i saw a few screenshots of it and it didn't excite me at all like you know sometimes even the artwork i'm kind of like oh that looks good or that looks good i was very confused by the screens it didn't grab me and i was like no sorry well what did you find uh underwhelming um i don't know just the art style i guess i like the art style that was quite cool i do like it was very reds and stuff which are quite you know um i don't know scary looking a little bit trillery but yeah like i see why a lot of people do really like it um for me it just got to a point a little too quickly where if i was a little bit closer to the end if i was right there i would have kept on going just to finish it off but Mm -hmm. i was just i knew i had a lot of games i wanted to play so i didn't uh, i left it alone and oh got my switch controller back they repaired it for free and sent it back very nice very nice wasn't good and i also because i had I have two very nice bosses, two very generous bosses who on Christmas... You're lucky, mate. You're very lucky. That's all I'm saying. Not going to name any names, but you're lucky. Well, you don't have many bosses. Yeah, but I mean, no one knows who my boss is. Anyway, Anyway, so I've got two very nice bosses who at Christmas time gave me a bonus. They gave me a voucher of £150, which I very much liked. But they gave it for uh, Selfridges. And I cannot afford anything in Selfridges. Selfridges? Uh, Is that like Brown Thomas or something? Or? Yeah, yeah. That for people uh, who don't know either, it's like the high-end kind of fashion shop where you get like, you know, your Prada and your Gucci and this stuff. Fucking looking at it, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll get some, just some clothes or whatever. Pajamas for 800 quid kind of nonsense. Oh, God. And you have to pronounce the L as a silent W. You, <laughs> the brands. <laughs> Selfridge. Oh right, yeah. I thought you meant in Prada. I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> no, no. Uh, but what they do have is they have a gaming section. So I got two Switch games. I got Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, and I got Link's Ooh. Awakening. Very good, very good. Oh, Played either yet? No, no, because I only got the news uh, Joy-Con uh, this morning, so I haven't got the chance ah. to play either. So that's kind of what made me go. I'll leave uh, Control for now because I've got that. But I did start. Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid 5. Well, I, I did Ground Zeroes first. Which boring. I'm still, I'm still playing at the moment. It's not. It's a little bit boring to start with. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's, it's what not about, great. like, Ground Zeroes, it, it's like little missions you do, isn't it? Yeah, and that's actually what the Phantom Pain is like as well. Is it? Right. Yeah. I told you, it's not Metal Geary. It's not Metal Geary at all. 
it doesn't feel Metal Gear, you know, yeah. No. It feels like a different no. take on it. Like, I mean, it's still really highly rated. A lot of people do love it. So It's a good game, but it just doesn't, it didn't scratch that Kojima itch for me, you know? Yeah, I'll look, I'll, I'm going to give it a little bit longer, of course, because, I mean, I just got it. So, you know, it's way too early for me to to make judgments on it. But mm-hmm. um, I was really excited for it. And oh, I, I'm a little disappointed with Kiefer Sutherland's voice. I told you his voice is crap yeah, and a stupid catchphrase. I don't care about the catchphrase. That's fine. Who gives a shit? But they I, built it up so much when he was going to save your man Kaz. If, yeah, is that, that's, is that, that's basically all I've done. So don't tell me anything else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like that's all. But just even I don't know where he's there and, and whoever this other person is. I don't know who it is who's talking to him. Um, and they're having their back and forth. It's like this doesn't feel anything like when he's talking to Colonel. In the first no, yeah, Yeah. it's not Metal Gear. It is. I'm telling you, 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 you would not be like if you. This could be a game that wasn't done by Kojima at all. It could be they kicked him out and Konami carried it on. That's that's what it could feel like, and I don't know why that is, but it is. Yeah. So I've just started playing that, so I'm going to give that a bit more of a go. But then I've got many a Switch game to play, so I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Mm -hmm. Have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, I've been playing a couple of games. Uh, well, I've been playing. Yeah, I I uh, I stopped playing. <laughs> I stopped playing Shadow Warrior Two. Um, yeah, I just stopped playing it, and then I started playing Serious Sam, the third one, which was pretty good. Right. Um, uh, which is actually decent. The first two. The first one is awful. It's it's unplayably bad. The first yeah. one, the third one, they've they've ramped it up. It's still, you're not going to get much in terms of a story, or even much in of a shooting dynamic. But I mean, if you just want a straightforward meat and bones uh, <laughs> shooter, Stop trying you'll to get it. Bones a thing. It's not going to be a thing. You'll get it. So uh, so anyway, so yeah, that was decent. And I played another really artistic game called Gris. Have you heard of it? Have you seen this? Heard of it? I think I've heard the name. Chris, tell us about it. Yeah, it's like a, it's a game. It's one of those games that I would describe as being more like an experience than a game. You know, we've talked about games like this before, like Journey kind like, of a thing. Exactly, like Journey. Yeah. Um. So it just starts. You're this girl in the hand of a statue, and the statue's hand breaks, and then you lose your voice. And you fall to the earth. And it's it's weird because it's one of these games that you kind of have an experience with that you can't really put into words. Like there's kind of layers of uh of meaning in the game. Right. I can't yeah. really I can't really I can't really explain it, but you kind of understand that what will what what I understood is that even the terrain, the stuff that's going on around you is kind of a representation of things other than what they actually are and there's metaphors behind it all and uh, the music is really good it's really kind of feels very liberating playing it mm. um so yeah i really 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 enjoying it is that like quite a short kind of little game like journey or yeah i think it's going to be uh, like i haven't gotten too far in it but you kind of have to play it it kind of uh it kind of makes you a bit lost for words, but uh, I would really recommend people playing it if they want to kind of just uh, have an experience rather than, you know, your standard game. I haven't, I've never played um, some of those similar, I think sometimes harshly called walking simulators, like everyone's gone to the rapture or I think what became of Edith Finch was not one. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. play either of those? 
Uh, I think I played a bit of Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, but it kind of fell away. Um, I haven't played the Edith Finch one, but they, yeah, there I've played uh, Firewatch. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Firewatch, I did really like. Yeah. I yeah. think I need to give a bit because I mean I love Journey, you know, and I just I know a lot of people have said those things are great. And I'm not staying away from them from any sort of idea of going, oh, that's just not a real game, you know. But I think, you know, everyone's always like it's better than you think, and I think. Mm-hmm when I'm still thinking of what I'm going to play next, there's such a big backlog of brilliant games. I'm like, well, I mean, I, I do believe it's really good, but I'm going to go for something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Firewatch is good if you haven't played that. I, I do recommend that. Play that. Um, all right, have you been do, doing anything else? Um, let me think. Well, this morning, like, I, I got this. <gasps> oh, you little snake. Everybody, <laughs> he has a PlayStation 5. <laughs> That's right, Yusuf. That's Un- right. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, I told you my story during the week. Yeah. In that uh, I, I, I felt led to give money to some charities, and I, and I, and I did that. And then that night, uh, I won 500 euro in the lottery. Uh, got the checkout two days later. <laughs> Right. Uh, lodged to my bank the next morning smith's, <laughs> smiths went live so i i ordered it and uh, it came like about an hour ago well what are you doing talking to me <laughs> <laughs> well i thought i'd uh, surprise you on the pod so uh unfortunately sony's ones that they sent to us didn't make it so i had to buy my own but um yeah i can't wait to play it and i can't wait to play the resident evil demo which i'm very much looking forward oh, to oh wow the village yes brilliant yes, yes. so um so yeah i'm an official now to be honest i haven't opened it it could have a box of sand in it or a, a, bo- a you know bag of rice bag of stones i don't know it was amazon uh, <laughs> deliveries yeah i couldn't believe it could not believe it as i had such bad luck with smiths and like you know i i, I told you that that crowd that guy that i joined his twitter group and i just turned off the notifications for the last couple of weeks i was like i can't afford one i'm not getting it and that was that uh so i turned it on after i won the money and then like the next morning there's notification smith is live go 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 i went on i was like stuck it in my basket and i was like uh, this site crashed did it again the site crashed and then it went through it was putting through the putting in the payment and all and then it kind of like reloaded and i was like oh it's pre it's pre-ordered and then like it dispatched like within an hour a couple of hours so oh wow yes yes did you uh get any games with it or is it just a console no no <laughs> and i'm looking forward to playing the playroom and uh the demo and i, I haven't yeah. Get into yeah. Astro's Playroom because it, from what I've seen, it's just this brilliant platformer. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to enjoy playing that. I'm going to set it up tonight and I shall report back next week, listeners. Um, but uh, <laughs> are you crying, oh, Yusuf? <laughs> I am so happy. I'm so happy for you. Um, a little bit jealous, but mainly happy. Um, that's so cool. You should also look at the, um, the whatever, I can't whatever the PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus thing that they have on it where they have some of those games. You can play like the God of War on it, the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, loads of these games. Because actually, when I was playing Control, like it's a great looking game, but like it was struggling with some bits, textures were taking a while to load it and everything. Mm. It's, it, 
But I mean, I've got an old school PlayStation 4. It's not even the Pro. Yeah, same, same. Some of those games will look pretty good on it, I imagine. Oh, very good, Mm. very good. (laughs) What are you uh, most excited to get? Is it, what are you going to play? I don't know. I was, I actually didn't have a chance to even look up what games people are recommending, but like there just, obviously there isn't, uh, isn't too many out right now. Uh, I think yeah, the next big release is going to be Resident Evil Village, uh, which is May. But, uh, you know, I looked at Spider-Man, Miles Morales, you know, the, the Call of Duty. Demon Souls, I won't be interested in. Not Demon's your Demon's Souls. Teams. No, I won't be interested in that. You're not good enough, gamer. Get good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Godfall, not really interested in that. Deathloop, perhaps. But uh, the prices of these new games is turning me off a bit as well. 75 euro, 70 euro. Please. So, uh yeah, yeah. Right, right. God. Uh, well, you know what you should do? You should definitely play um, God of War on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah, that looks really good. Uh, and then, yeah, look through the list of other games that were um, that you get free with, like their, their version to battle, whatever, Xbox Game Pass. You should get a look at some of that stuff. You could also, if you want, you could play Cyberpunk, but if I were you, I'd wait a little bit longer. The PS5 version of Cyberpunk isn't out yet, apparently. Uh, it was <laughs> I don't think you that's sure it. yeah I'm pretty sure it was out yeah because some people did play it on it because they were saying the the biggest problem with it was that it didn't work on uh, the last gen consoles but I think it works on the, the current ones hmm yeah you'll have to see but uh, yeah so that's me <laughs> very very good well then uh, I don't think any of the news I have is going to be quite as exciting as that but would you like to get into some video game news Yes. I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. So this is something I think will also make you very, very happy. Potentially. I don't know. It's it's a it's early days, but there's a Polish company called Forever Entertainment, and they have recently got a deal to remake to make multiple remakes of a uh Squaresoft IP. Parasite Eve? Maybe. We don't know. All right. All right. They haven't okay. said it yet, but they're saying they could be. They we don't actually know if it's going to be one game that they're going to make multiple versions of, a la mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, or if it's going to be you know a series of games from you know one individual IP. It's more likely it's going to be that because apparently what they're doing is they're just going to keep the gameplay the same, but just make a proper higher res version of these games to put out there so okay people are gone maybe the chrono games like chrono cross chrono trigger maybe parasite mm. Eve, um, mm. but maybe final fantasy six eight nine we don't know oh i'd love a, a, a new final fantasy eight yeah i love that could be could be so uh there's been nothing released on it yet these guys they did the panzer dragoon remake yeah i think that passed me by um, it passed me by as well. Well, it got quite an interesting thing. I think this is kind of a, your story in a nutshell of the old games you've been playing where mm-hmm. people went and they played them and they were like, yeah, so they really stayed true to the original. The original game's 30 years old. It has lots of faults in it. It's a bit short. It's, <laughs> they didn't really improve too many things on it. And they're like, well, yeah, this is what we did because when people change things, they don't like it. So, uh, But it, it apparently it did look very, very good. So... Okay, all right. Uh, have you heard about the banana controller? I told you about that. The you N64 did? Donkey Kong one? No, not that one. God, I forgot. That's the only one I want. That stupid one. How about a literal <laughs> banana? Why would I want a literal banana? 
God knows, but PlayStation or Sony have taken out a patent where you can get a banana and you hold it up to your console and it scans it and will augmented reality like map buttons to it and then you can use that as a thing. So it's basically you can it's not set to a banana. You can just pick up any kind of object that I think it's not shiny and that it's not uh, living as well. So you can pick up some different things and you can go. I don't really know what the idea of it is, but maybe it's early steps into something. But depending on the game you're playing, if it's quite a simple party game, you've a lot of people over and controllers are expensive. I think this is actually quite cool. You could all pick up like a couple of mugs or something and then you could mm. use that. So um, I think it's very early stages. This stuff is never very impressive when it first comes out, but it is quite cool. The idea of different things around you can be controllers as well as something like there's an idea of you have like a mug and a saucer, like a cup of tea a cup of coffee or whatever. And if you put it down on the plate, it'll like register as being a pause button or an inverse. So every time you pick All up right, your, okay. your mug to take a sip, it'll pause the game. So um, very early, hard to really see the use of it at the moment, but I think that's quite a cool thing, the, the development of the things around you helping you play games in different ways. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. But the pragmatist in me says, the Sony executives are going to be like, aren't we going to lose money on control sales? So, I mean, well, I don't know what the kind of reason of it is, but I think they kind of are really losing money. I don't know. Is it maybe it's just because we're a bit older when these other games have come out, these other consoles have come out. But I remember mm. when you, we were kids, there was way more PlayStation controls that people had, way more multiple ones and third-party ones. But I feel like people now they have the controllers that come with it, unless they are you know specifically playing a lot of multiplayer games only. Uh, I feel like mm. very few people have like four PlayStation Five controllers. That's true. Uh, maybe it'll work for something like a WarioWare-esque game. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, I think know? it could be. Yeah, well, they're not saying like, you know, you have two oranges, you can steer like a car with it. That's a good idea. All yeah, right. so I don't know. All right, Sony, let's see what you're going to do. Bit mild for now. But anyway, Nintendo won't be caught napping, no, because they're bringing out the Switch Pro or the much better named Super Nintendo Switch, which you're not going for, but they should do. Ah, they should, Definitely. So <clears throat> this thing is, so nothing's been announced yet. And it's a bit weird because a couple of very recently Nintendo were going, look, we're not talking about anything in the near future. But now some Bloomberg have kind of brought out some stories of a slightly bigger screen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's going to be seven inches. So the old one is like 6.1 inches. So basically the black kind of rim around your screen is now going to be a uh, part of the screen. So it's about 10, 15% bigger. But the thing is, it's going to be an OLED screen, a Samsung OLED screen. Um, it's still going to be a new LED screen. Oh, get out! <laughs> <laughs> shocking, shocking. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's going to be better. It's a it, they're a higher quality screen, but yeah, it's still going to be seven twenty. Which some people were kind of going, "Oh, that's not very good. Why isn't it going to be a?" a higher res version of it. So I have uh, been looking into this and there's a gentleman called Jeff Grubb who put a couple of tweets about it. So if you'll excuse me, I'm just going to let you know what he said. So he said, before anybody kind of makes up their mind about the Switch Pro, uh, look at the pixel density at a 720p at seven inches. It's 209 pixels per inch, which is equivalent to retina display if you hold it 16 inches from your face, which basically you're always going to do if you're playing it. If they made a 1080p it's a, uh, for a handheld, it's a waste of power, both in terms of performance and battery. Um, 
And so like, even like when stuff is on your phone, which is a super high resolution games tend to run at 720. So just some people immediately looked at it and they were going, oh, games are coming out at 4K now. Why is this 720? And he's going, it's going to be better contrast. It's going to look better. It's going to have better battery. Cramming in 1080 is a waste. You're not going to be able to see the detail on, on a small screen like that. But the other thing is on this new Switch Pro, when it's in the dock, it's going to be 4K. Oh, very good. Yeah, so they are moving up for it. Um, yeah, so like the so I don't know when that's going to come out. It's going to be a little bit more powerful, but they're basically just saying with the OLED screen, it's going to be more contrasty. It's going to look better, and if you're going to do 4K on it, um, and just some people were a little bit annoyed because they were just like, I want it to be you know 4K and handheld, and go this. You don't understand actually what you're talking about there. You know what I mean? If you're if you're giving out about it, because you're not going to be able to see the difference want to talk about this coffee <laughs> yeah that's what that is actually one of the girls i worked with had her got her son a switch and all these kids with switches mm. and she goes oh if he's for the first time uh attached it to the tv he's like you never knew it could do that i was like what <laughs> you've got him a switch he's had it for months and you've never let him hook it up to the tv <laughs> well i don't know well the, the switch is a weird console i think it's a brilliant console i absolutely love yeah, it. it is it's, it's very innovative it's so powerful. And the fact that it's so easy to pick it up and go and that, you know, it's just the way that you can also play it. If they you do want to play some of those games where they want you to use it emotionally, you can do that. And that they're not kind of punishing you if you don't. It's like, no, I'm going to dock this because I'm going to be sitting on a train and I'd like to just, you know, use both things at the same time. True. Good work, Nintendo. Good work. Yeah, they're onto it. Oh, also, there's a. I didn't actually realize this. They're going to do a Super Nintendo Land in America. Did you notice? No, I didn't. Yeah, but it's been delayed. I think it's going to be 2025. All right, I can wait. Yeah, it makes sense. I think it is actually Universal who are kind of having a big part of of, of you know helping them do the theme park thing that they know better. Um, so Japan's is already out, although currently very limited with COVID. But uh, yeah, US will have one in a few years. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Have you any news, brother? Let me see. I have some news stories. Not many. News story one. Boss of Chinese gaming titan NetEase calls for shared parental leave. You've seen this? You, no. You heard, heard about this? Um, this is something that's close to my heart. In China's relaxation of its one-child restriction has not delivered the population target set by its policy planners. In 2019, the birth rate in China slumped to a seven-decade low, which experts attribute to changes in social attitudes, skyrocketing living costs, as well as a demanding work culture. So anyway, um, long story short, uh, Mr. Ding Li made the proposal at China's annual parliament session this week uh, uh, that basically says that, uh, you know, men and women should be able to take, uh, you know, paternity leave and it should be split, uh, you know, if they want to, um, evenly, which... You know, I think is a is a great, great idea. Yeah, know? I think uh, I remember it was like our aunt when she had her her first kid, and she was back in work like three weeks later or two weeks later, as if the only time you need off when you have a kid is literally for the birth process. And then ah, there we go, everything is fine. It's like absolutely not, you know. Yeah, exactly. Have the baby behind the bush and come back out again. Just you know, go back to normal. No, it's uh, I think um, you know you definitely need support for at least six weeks. All right, that's the number I'm putting out there, people. Us men should get six weeks um, parental leave, or not parental leave, paternity leave, paid also, shall I say. 
uh, properly paid. You know, because uh, those first six weeks of no sleep are very hard on, uh, you know, on, on everyone. Mm. Uh, okay, and the other one I have is IKEA, Aldi, Lidl to cash in on surge in gaming and esports. So global revenue from esports is expected to increase 68% between now and 2023. And companies like furniture maker IKEA, as well as supermarkets, Aldi and Lidl, want to cash in on this trend. In 2020, the global esports market was valued at around $950 million and expected to reach almost $1.6 billion in 2023. Um, so IKEA uh, launched last month a new gaming range that was uh, to be made available in China in January and Japan in May and globally from October 2021. There are around 2.5 billion gamers around the world, a, div- a diverse group united by their love of esports and gaming. And by being an overlooked group from a life-at-home perspective, the company said in a statement. Uh, Partnering with hardware company Republic of Games, IKEA said its new range will democratize the gaming experience by creating relevant, functional, beautiful, and affordable products and complete gaming solutions to make it easier for everyone to create the setup at home that they want. And earlier this week, Aldi was named the official supplier of the Premier League, a European competition for the popular game League of Legends. The partnership also sees supermarket chain Aldi Gaming that I said will promote esports and the gaming scene in Germany. This uh, is quite interesting because actually, like, it, it is a sort of it, like there does seem that there's a lot of people who are like, oh, video games aren't really big and you know, aren't big business and big money, but it's huge. And like, if you want like a game or chair, Amazon will give you everything. It's hard to get that mm. stuff elsewhere. And you know, there's other things like look, if people are streaming and they want ring lights or something, or if they want a good sound bar or just compatible, easy, ergonomically set up shit for all the wires and cameras and whatever, you get all that stuff from Amazon. You will not get anything like that elsewhere. But I mean, a lot of people, they play games, you know, like I think um, traditional sports is really, really falling out of favor. Like I think the Super Bowl, even though everyone's in in lockdown, was like the lowest numbers they've had in like, 10 years or 20 years or something it's just really mm-hmm. bad also you know i will maybe this one doesn't know but this is the worst premier league season i've ever seen in a long time like i wonder why no it's not good though <laughs> not yeah good. no it's it's hard to maintain uh you know interest even it's like, so like of the last what was it the last eight games that were on in the premier league You've lost them. <laughs> We've lost them. Uh, we deep, basically have, but um, 10 teams didn't score. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, yeah, it's it's basically unwatchable without fans, which is crazy, but it, it yeah. pretty much is. And uh, even the sound, like the crowd sounds add a bit, but um, yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry. Just, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, it's just, you know... I think also it's, it's so priced out for a lot of people, but, you know, uh, it's way easier. People can go on YouTube and watch gaming stuff. You know, they can watch mm-hmm. people play these things, they watch these tournaments, and there can be really high, intense moments uh, that are going on with it. Um, I can't remember it exactly, but you ever see that classic um, fighting uh, tournament esport thing where someone is playing as Ryu against Chun-Li, and uh, it's... Basically, she does like her big kind of super thing, but it's a blockable one and he needs to block. His health is so, so small and he needs to block like 14 kicks uh, in a row at different levels of heights and he pulls them all <laughs> off perfectly 
And then like, you know, and the crowd is just like, oh, oh, oh my God, he's doing it. And it's just, that is, you know, that's what people love of sports. You know, it's this yeah. unbelievable moment that somebody, you know, dribbling past eight people and going and knocking. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. he's doing it. He's doing it. Um, or she's doing it. Like, you know, you're getting that excitement for it. But, you know, sometimes that's out of the way for a lot of people. So Ikea and Aldi, they're smart to be getting into the business of this stuff is big. It's, it's yeah, bigger than people think as well. It's not counterculture anymore, folks. It's not nerds sitting in basements. It's everybody. So you got to you gotta get in on it. Um, I'm available as, as a consultant if anyone wants me. But I actually also listen to, uh, don't make that face at me. I also <laughs> listen to a podcast during the week where they're talking about uh, the mental health benefits of, uh, of gaming. Um, and, you know, they were kind of arguing the point that, you know, you kind of enter a state of flow when you're playing a game, game because you're concentrating every part of you is concentrating, <clears throat> you know, your hands, your, your, your brain, everything, you know, your, your, your visually, you know, it's, it's, it's taking up your senses and it's allowing you to kind of get almost into a meditative state, you know, like you would yeah. with any other kind of uh, you know, like meditation or whatever it is. So I can totally see that. So I, I, you know, I think it's about time people stopped, uh, you know, having an old-fashioned attitude towards gaming because it's it's not like that. You know, it's not it's not underground. It's not super nerdish. It's for everyone. So yeah. come on in. There's plenty of room. It's interesting because you are the most old-fashioned person I know who's into gaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that all you have to say? Just yeah, just you're you're an old man. You're an old man, and your opinions are shit. <laughs> no, anyway, do you want to go talk about this game that's thirty years old or not? Yeah, and who suggested this game, just out of curiosity? I don't remember. It was one of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Crash Bandicoot, Yusuf, what are your memories of it? Um, it's so intertwined with my memories of earlier PlayStation 1. That's what I think of. Mm. Like, when I think of it, I think of the small grey console. Same. Um, and I think of, like, the, the first level, and I think of the colour, um, and of, of Crash himself. You know, that's kind of what I think of. Um, and being fun and boxes and nitro boxes and you know little puzzles of oh this one's a metal box how do I break that one to pick up the fruit and everything and of course the mask um, and the sounds a lot of it a pretty full um, image of it like a lot of that stuff kind of comes in it's it's a lot going on with Crash uh, how about you? Yeah I think for me in my brain like Crash is just completely linked to the PlayStation um almost like a mascot even though i know he's not an official mascot he is basically yeah. um so i think uh just the fact that it was the first 3d platformer that i remember playing um i think a lot of people had it with their playstation like um you know it was one of the first titles most people got i you know i remember the boulder levels where you're running from them towards the camera which i'd never seen in a game before uh obviously remember the aku aku mask um who also we as we saw in a previous episode is the same uh voice actor who does uh um not liquid snake uh gray fox oh yeah yeah got it probably. yeah so um yeah just uh really you know just just brought things on you know and and like looking in, in, into bits and pieces of this on online um I, I didn't realize how much of a triumph of of you know programming and development that this game actually was so um yeah do you want to tell us about that yeah it had a really really interesting development um yeah so this was made originally by naughty dog it's had a lot of uh 
changes in that time. Um, I mean, I also didn't realize how many games there were that are in the timeline of Crash, but it went from Naughty Dog in 96 to 99. Uh, then it was Traveler's Tales were the developers. Then it was Vicarious Visions. Then it was Radical Entertainment. And then most recently, Toys for Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. Right, so what they wanted to do was, you know was make the platformer for the 3D age. They wanted a 3D version of either Mario or Sonic or Donkey Kong Country. Um, and they were also kind of thinking, like the closest kind of thing they'd had until this point was um, Sonic in those 3D levels where, you know, maybe the camera would be behind them for those very few bits. But they were looking at it and they were saying things like, it's just his ass. You're just looking at his ass while he's running. It's just, this isn't entertaining because, you know, Sonic was designed for that. He was designed to be side-scrolling, you know, mm. um, which is where they came up with all the different levels of Crash kind of running towards you when he's running away from the boulder or sometimes the camera's locked sideways, sometimes it's directly behind them to kind of go, look, this is a full 3D character and we're going to do it in this way. Um and the big thing that they wanted this to be was really, really character driven. And they wanted it to be, well, one, because it was the first uh, 3D character platform action game, as I always classified as. Um, and they were kind of going, we needs to be about him. And they were quite limited in what they could do on screen, right? So they could do about, I think it was about 1800 polys, the triangles on the screen, polygons. And they gave Crash 600. So he was like one third of the available real estate because they're going, needs to be him. Whereas normally the kind of average was 80 polygons where people were just like this long kind of stick. And you look back at it and he is still kind of limited, you know, but Mm. he was way more expressive. And you actually didn't really think about it, but they were going, we want him to be like Looney Tunes. So when Roadrunner gets, you know, is running away and he kind of does that compressed thing and then jumps to get the big speed when the coyote gets crushed by a boulder, these exact things happen with Crash, you know? And they could only do that by putting so much into him, which was difficult. It was quite hard to do. They spent a lot of money on this, which is really weird because at the very, very beginning, it was two people, right? It was working on it. It was two people and their dog, their dog Morgan, who was the naughty dog. That's kind of where the name of it came from, which I think is really, really cool. Like they were just chance down there trying to go for it. So a lot of this information I got from uh, Andy Gavin, who's the co-founder of Naughty Dog, I should say, and he was the lead programmer on Crash. And like, look, they're they're equally brilliant nowadays in, in what they were doing, but just hearing one person, such a small team talk about all the limitations they had, how they got around them was really, really impressive. So they had about five people in the entire company at the time. And they were like, we need this to be the best. This has to be cutting edge stuff, right? Because (laughs) so nowadays, the average computer has about eight gigs of RAM, right? Back in 1994, when they were working on the game, the average computer had 640 kilobytes of RAM, which is 0.008% of it. So it's so much smaller to be able to mm. do this. So they had to make these supercomputers that were about $75,000 each. So they needed five of them. And then they needed the software for each computer, which was 75,000 quid each as well. So it's just straight away, you're looking at half a million quid, you know, like, sorry, no, way, way more than that. Like, you know, uh, 750,000 quid uh, for just the equipment, the hardware and the software before you pay anybody to make this game. Mm-hmm. and you know voiceover and all these other things that are going on with it so it was just a big 
kind of a big investment they had to go into, but they had to because they're going, this is going to be the first that we're going to do it because most of these games, they aren't 3D, you know? So this, how are we going to do it? We need it to work in a really good way that it doesn't work like that. They also kind of found out that the PlayStation was maybe not very clever in how it was using some of its usage of stuff. So this game, like they kind of found out that they were going to change how they were making the, the level depending on where Crash was, what way he was going. In really small packets of information, they would load what direction you were going, which you could do when you're only going to go left or right or forward and back. But the big thing was, and this, this is where I thought it was really, really clever, was... Um, before this, you had platformers. And the way platformers worked were you kind of walked in two directions. If you are Mario and you're walking and there's three little Koopas coming towards you, what do you do? You jump over them. You have the time of jumping over. That's fine. What do you do when it's 3D? Because you can now just move left and completely avoid them. So mm-hmm. the way they had to do it was they had to then get rid of something because that was the challenge. People were used to having... Uh, that dimension gone from them so they had to figure out a different way so they took it something else different and sometimes what they did was they took away time which was as we said also the boulder level or when you're riding on the wild boar is that you don't have time to move left or right because you're going to be flying along and that other enemy you're moving is also moving left or right as well and you need to jump in a certain time if you want to get the items um or they would then kind of make the path kind of snake in and out which why this game was feckin' difficult like do you remember how hard this game was yeah, extremely. Like, and um, but like the, because they ended up getting rid of things and making it work in a different way, and it was a big seller. It sold more year on year for four years. It's crazy. Yeah, and understandably, like you know, I when I was watching a couple of things on YouTube as well, I was hearing what was the name? His name was it Andrew. Uh, Andy Gavin, yeah. Yeah, he was like a savant almost, the way he was talking about stuff and how he remembered it like it was yesterday, you know? Like, you can tell this guy is just like a programming genius, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, in your head, you're like, oh, this is a really simplistic game. But then when he starts talking about it, you're like, my God, like, how did they do this? Yeah, and like, just really, I, you know, because they were limited. You can't get around from that. They were limited to what they had. Uh, but how they, the way that they made the game work, because... I think it's fair to say Crash looked better than like Tomb Raider, right? Again, there's oh yeah, definitely. It was so colorful, and there was a load going on. Um, and the thing is, what Tomb Raider would do is they would like have like this tiny, tiny picture of a rock texture, and they would put that all over the wall, and that would be the cave. Mm-hmm. And they would also get like a little bit of brown, and that would be like her backpack or something. Um, so what they did was they decided on Crash. This stuff is so small. Like, it's such a small amount of screen as him. You don't actually need to have these little textures for this kind of stylized cartoon game. So let's mm. just do shaders. Let's just do color. And that way we don't need to load in these little uh, pictures which end up taking up what is a limited amount of space for everything you want. We can just do colors where we got way mm. more uh, ability on it. So it's all just shaded. It's all... The, so he doesn't have, like, fur and the ground on it isn't like little pictures of earth that you're trying to do because you can get away with it. But you look at that game, you think it looks better. You know, you don't look at a tumor and think, oh, it's super realistic. But, mm. you know, that's what they went for. And uh, I think Crash worked out better. Very different games, but you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, they also kind of found out that, like, interestingly, most games when they make them on, on those old PlayStation CDs, their game size is pretty small. Like, the vast majority of it is empty. And you know what they usually fill it up with? No, go on. 
music and sequences. So when you're thinking, why is Final Fantasy VII three CDs? Well, why is Final Fantasy VIII, um, what you call it, four CDs? It's because of the FMVs. That was huge. Mm. The music was yeah. massive. The game stuff isn't that big, you know. And the reason why it's you know you've they've got all that free space is because it still takes a long time to make the game, you know. So mm-hmm. but when you put on the CD, it's pretty small. So uh, you know the way that um, Crash got around it was they were able to use a little bit more of that space. Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, kind of like the so by kind of using shaders was a clever way of doing it, and by kind of just deciding of look, we are just going to take all our polys and put on Crash. The other stuff doesn't matter. We want him to be the screen. We want him to be the character. He's going to do stuff that we don't normally see. He's going to turn around and look at the camera and stuff because he's 3D. Let's take it. Which was such a mad time where they were going, oh, it's 3D. What does this mean? Make him turn around for no reason. Make it, you know, something jump at you. Make it so that we can turn the camera this way and everything. So it was a pretty exciting time to be, uh, to see the stuff for the very first time. Yeah, I remember when Crash, before you would jump on the Wild Boar and stuff, you'd look back at the camera and like raise his eyebrows, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was just a charm of the game as well. And, you know, thinking about all this stuff of Crash Bandicoot and the PlayStation and all these developers going with it and, you know, debatably the best console of all time, um, PlayStation 1. It's all because Nintendo turned down Sony. <laughs> could have been, could have been. I, I, like, and now Sony and PlayStation are, are way bigger than Nintendo, you know? Like That's it's, it's, so, you know, it's, uh, so thanks Nintendo for making a bad decision, uh, you know? Well, you know what? I'm happy because like, look, Microsoft are, are well, I actually, I don't think Microsoft are great, but you now Xbox is, is, is great. And it is, I like that Sony or uh, Xbox don't have the market on their own, that they are fighting with each other because it brings out better things and um, it just makes it a better experience for everybody involved. But I like that Nintendo are doing their own thing, you know, because to me, it's like, look, I think you can either have an Xbox or a PlayStation. I've got my preferences, but I think you still are missing out on a lot of stuff if you don't have some form of Nintendo console because they're just different types of games. Yeah, true true and i remember looking at something uh you know that that sony basically wanted crash to be their their mascot but they weren't actually telling naughty dog you know they they were kind of being a bit little bit underhanded about it yeah um and then i think they bought the rights from universal or something after that yeah they used them for bits of stuff but they were they didn't really want it to be the thing because it was just a game that they were they were developing you know like it was completely new and it's weird it was such an odd time to go and to look at well look you know sega's got sonic and stuff and nintendo's got mario you know what are we going to do and they were thinking right well if we look at like fighting games if we look at like street fighter and uh, mortal Kombat, they're flat and then virtua fighter came out and it was very very slow and whatever mm. but they were going this is 3d and Naughty Dog went, let's do our version of that, but let's make it mm-hmm. so character-centric. It needs to be about him. And, you know, if he can't go and turn towards the camera and raise his eyebrows, like he's going to have a little bit of fun. Which, But, like, you know, that's what, what they wanted with Sonic. They were like, oh, Sonic needs to have attitude. He needs to tap his foot because he's impatient. He needs to waggle his finger, which is quite odd that, like, they were kind of going, we need to do our version of this stuff because Nintendo have it. And Mario's got a lot of character. But I feel like he's doesn't do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? No, he's uh, he's a uh, good, clean family fun. Yeah, but like, 
it, you know, he's got his like, I guess maybe his equipment is going like Yahoo and Yippee when he jumps around and everything. But it's weird because they were just kind of like, no, they need to have these little traits of it. Mario doesn't do very much, but he's still one of the best mm. characters of all time. Yeah, true, true. Do you know what I'm thinking here? Do you, what year was this game released? 96. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, do you remember that Croc 3D game? Yeah. For some reason, I have in my head, was that one of the first 3D games? Well, I think they were, see, this was targeted at being way more of a platformer, whereas Croc was a bit more uh, Mario 64-ish, you know what I mean? Where you're able to kind of go roam around a bit more, which is... yeah. because that was the problem of which Sonic kind of never really got over was how do you go from 2D to 3D? Like, oh, we give them the space to move in. But then as the guy, as Andy here, with Gavin was talking about going, okay, they've got the space to move in, but platformers don't work when you're not yeah. jumping on one small pixel block that you can land on. It's got a big, huge, wide platform. So how do we do it? We make it move. Whereas what the other games went were like, well, give them the freedom to move in 3D. But, um, you know, Naughty Dog at the time said, no, let's take away the stuff so that the challenge is the same as it was, but it's in a new area because otherwise you need to read because otherwise challenge doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And like the, the one thing that I do remember about this game is that, like you're saying, the difficulty, it's very difficult. It's difficult to the point of you're not enjoying it. It's so difficult. Yeah. You know, you will throw your controller on the floor. You will get angry. You will grit your teeth. You might bite your television, depending on your personality type. But uh, it uh, it still was one of those games where it, uh, you know, you, you kind of knew that you were playing something that was, you know, really kind of like a... Uh, it was just something new in gaming, you know. It was it was a, it was a new stage, a new step. Um, you know, it was yeah. really a, yeah, it was amazing. It looked so different, and it like it played like games that that were, it played and looked like um, cartoons, which was like this medium that we knew and we understood, but we never got to really experience in that same way. But mm. to see him be able to jump and bounce around like that, but like. It's just, it's mad. They were so limited. Like, you know, like the boxes, this iconic thing. That's because they couldn't put any more enemies on the screen. Mm-hmm. They filled it with boxes. That feels like such a lazy thing to do. But it didn't yeah. seem like that because they went, okay, so Crash has to go run across this thing and there's an enemy that bounces, you know, back and forth like you had in those old Mario games. How do we make this a challenge? And how do we do the fact that we can't put loads of enemies there? We'll put one enemy there and we'll put a box there. So they, we want to get that box. Actually, don't have to, but you want mm. to get it to complete it. And that's the challenge. You are creating that challenge, which is just, you know, this understanding of how to gamify something back then is just, it's absolutely brilliant. Like this game set so many of the firsts. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing game. Um, so that's kind of like a lot of the stuff on the development of it um, as I said it was a huge huge success and then uh, after a while Sony did adopt it as its kind of mascot and they were then going look yeah, we, we need to kind of create this as a rival and they did things like let's do our version of Mario Kart Racing because they did their Crash Team Racing which is also a great mm-hmm. game very fun yeah game. it is um, It is because it, at the time then it was it was PlayStation and then they just were a bit kind of samey the others were good they kind of brought them out a little bit too quickly still really good games like don't get me wrong i think two and three were great games yeah yeah really good no yeah um 32 levels in this game as well which is a hell of a lot that is a lot yeah do you know what i remember about this game when we were Mm. growing up 
<laughs> so, do you remember the villain? Which villain? The villain from Crash, the main villain. Yeah, Neocortex. You used to tell me the N on his head stood for Newman. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. And I never believed you. You still, oh, yeah. <laughs> you still insisted on saying that it was, yeah. And I was just like, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, yeah, so we, earlier on, you were calling me a, a, a Hotaru. So they, this was, they were also thinking at the beginning, they may have made Crash up Hotaru instead of a bandicoot. Mm. Just these weird yeah. soupial rodents. I don't know what they're doing. He kind of has a bit of uh, inspiration from Taz, doesn't he? I mean, he spins. He's kind of a little wacky. His body yeah. shape is kind of similar to Taz's. Very, and I mean, they like a big part of the thing they wanted was they wanted that Looney Tunes cartoon style character. Yeah. That's what they were yeah. going for. So he, yeah, he does seem to borrow from that quite heavily. But ah, uh, sure, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I tell you one thing that I really realised didn't make me realise. I always thought someone should do this, but I, it just was amazing to see when I played the new Uncharted and they actually put the characters in the game playing Crash Bandicoot in oh, the game, yeah. and then you can actually play it as them in the game. You That's know? quite cool. Yeah, and it actually made me want to play Crash Bandicoot again. It was just, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> so, man, it's not a great idea. Let's put in a better older game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just shows up far. <laughs> yeah how far it's come you know yeah yeah big time but yeah it's not Night Dog anymore and um, so how is About Time did you get to play it very much uh, no I didn't I honestly didn't play it very much at all uh, I, I think you have to be in the mood to play a platformer like that and I'm kind of more in a first person shooter first person game at the moment right right so, yeah. from what I've seen it, it looks like they do they keep the spirit of it up, which is frustrating. And, you know, jumping and landing on a platform, but it's icy, so you slide. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's going to fall away, but the spikes are also on a timer. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> but it has this, the idea of it, I think, is that you get into that rhythm, as you're saying, that state of flow where you know exactly that as soon as you come into a screen, it'll start a timer for you know, the spikes so you can make this jump and you wait for this and you go, and when that all works out really well, it's great. I never get there. I keep fecking it up again and again, find it so frustrating. And then, you know, like, you know, you you can get through these games without like, you know, getting hit once or losing a life. Whereas to, to me, it's like, I've just sacrificed a life to get halfway through the level because I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do it without it because uh, mm. I'm not good at these games. Yeah, it, 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 I think it can be accused of being probably not the most balanced and polished in terms of, you know, landing dynamics. I remember when you're, you were going over the bridge at some stage where you had several planks you had to jump on and you would just miss them a lot of the time, even though you landed perfectly on it. So, yeah, very, very unforgiving in certain sections. But you didn't I guess land perfectly. It was your fault. It was on you. You didn't land perfectly. <laughs> I'd love to see you play this game with your no, hand eye coordination. Yeah, no exactly. interest. Uh, no, it is a good. I would love to uh, give it a go again and give it a bit of a play. Um, I'd like to play yeah, it. I preferred it when they brought in his uh, slide wide leg jump. That was uh, very enjoyable. You know, when you go from from slide and then if you do a jump in the slide, he jumps up and splits his legs in the air. That was uh, that was a good. Yeah, that's quite good. I think. I love the first few levels of this of these games, and then when they start ramping up the challenge, 
then it just gets very frustrating very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And like having to collect all the boxes to get the different kind of gems and stuff, you know, uh, very difficult. So but. it's not it's not a game I'm looking to uh, platinum. Like, you know, I'm not looking to hit every box. I'm not looking to get every gem. Um, some people are brilliant at it, you know, but I don't know. I just, it's so tricky. Agreed, my friend. So uh, would I get to the music, Yusuf? Yes, please. Okay, so the music is by one Josh Mansell, not to be confused with. Give it over. A boy named Bell. <laughs> Del? All right. Uh, first song is the main theme, which everyone remembers. All right. So here we go. It's so fun and it, it is, I don't know, it does have that kind of cartoony idea of like, you know, creeping and jumping and bouncing around and stuff. So that is really good. Yeah, you got you to gotta love the bongos as well. Um, so the next one is the pinstripe uh, theme. So... Kind of reminds me of uh, that baby ring lap from Mario Kart song. The oh, the eight lap trap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I do see that actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the last song I have is Hog Wild and Whole Hog. Mario Kart-esque as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it has that, um, I mean, that's what they were going for. They wanted to be the the Sony version of it, you know. Well, kind of, because, I mean, at the, at the very beginning when they were doing this, they weren't sure what kind of console they were going to be on. They didn't know what they were mm. going to do, but as they started developing, they were like, we want to do the 3D version of these things. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, not the best music in the world, I'll say, but uh, look, it's 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 okay. I so, don't know. I like it. A lot of character in it. Very apt. All right. Okay. Uh, so shall we get to... It was kind of hard to find reviews of this game. It was pretty, pretty, pretty old. So, uh, as always, so you're a bit odd if you're going to be going on and complaining about something, you know, 20 years after it came out. Yeah, odd or have good taste. Okay, so this comes from Scorpion. Uh, reviewed it in 2018. One star sucks is the type of his review. <laughs> This game is zero. The graphics are zero. The scenario is zero. And the game bug all the time. So if you have money to lose, go buy the dot dot. That's it. Is that a joke he's making? I don't get it. No, I just think he doesn't have the best (laughs) grammar. What does he mean okay. scenario? What does he want from me? It's a platformer. I don't know. It's zero. Okay. Why didn't he rate it zero then? He gave it, you probably can't. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So uh, 5.5 by Jordina on uh, 2006. Crash Bandicoot began with a fairly mediocre game. You start on the beach, then go to various islands. At the end, you fight the evil Dr. Neocortex. The game felt as if I had acid dropping on my brain. I suffered headaches from it. The graphics are poor. Sorry, guys, just clear my throat. I would have preferred it in 2D. (laughs) The music is awful and added copper sulfate to my brain. I'll try not to be negative, but the game really annoys me. I'll never play this again. If you're collecting, then that's the only reason to get it. Otherwise, don't. Was this supposed to be Spyro's rival? Question mark. Um, I'm worried about that person. Mm. Copper sulfate and acid on the brain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one is by Queen Turtle. Got two <laughs> out of five. That sounds this like a, a fake alias for you, Queen Turtle. <laughs> this game is not worth your money, to be frank. It is extremely enraging and everyone I know hates it, including me. <laughs> Personally, I regret buying it. Hey, That's it. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is enraging. I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Little Lucid Tacity! One. Okay, Yusuf, what's your uh, official score? I think it being a platformer, I think it holds up a lot better than some of the older games that we do. Um, I haven't played in a while, but I think I'm going to give it an 8.2. 8.3 from me. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it is just, it's, it's really, really good fun. And I can't believe... Like, you know, you should go and you should find that video on YouTube um, where the designer, what's his name, Andy Gavin is talking about it. He, he it's like a 20 minute video. I just, everything he's doing is just going, here was the problem. Here's how we solved it. 
And it's, it's just so clever. It's just the, these ideas of, oh, the machine can't do this. But if we just turn things around and it is all that stuff, everything together, all those layers, I make it as good as it is. Yeah, people like him should be running the country. That's my opinion. And they're so smart. Okay, so uh, will we get to the quiz? I got to get rid of them. I got to win against them. All right. Who's that? It's ex-president of the United States, Mr. Donald Trump. Oh, I think it sounded a bit weird over the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I've... Uh, if we exhausted all the Hank Hill clips that I find funny, so it's going to be random ones every week, I think. Okay. okay. Question number one, Yusuf. What is the weapon that Dr. Neocortex, uh, Newman Cortex, used to transform Crash into an anthropomorphic lovable self? Um, was it a ray gun? It was a ray gun. What's the name of it? Oh, right. Oh... Uh... The Cortex gun. No, the Newman gun. It's the Evolvo Ray. Oh, man, I was never getting that. Okay, question number two. What was Crash's original name? Oh, I read this so recently. Oh, I can't, I don't know. I can't think of it. Willie the Wombat. Yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> I, I knew he was going to be a different animal. <laughs> okay, yeah. Question number three. What is, this is the easiest one. What is the name of the fruit Crash collects? Wampa fruit, isn't it? Yes. Very good. One right, so. You'll receive a nice bonus when the work is done. Okay, Yusuf, bandicoots are a group of more than 20 species of small to medium-sized terrestrial marsupial omnivores in the order Paramillomorphia. They're endemic to three locations. One is the Austria, New Guinea region and Indonesia. What's the other one? Is the other one the Bismarck Archipelago? I'm going to have to stop this podcast. I don't know. Uh, I just want to know. Is it, was it the Bismarck Archipelago? Yes. Yes. Did you look up information on bandicoots? I, in the process of studying about Crash Bandicoot, I was also reading up about bandicoots. Yes, I saw the... The, the mistake I made here was giving you something related to the game whatsoever. I usually keep it random, so... I've learned my lesson. Well, I'm afraid, new man, you will now need to play the celebratory winning sound. Celebratory winning sound? What's that? <laughs> no, not that one. The superintendent challenge. Sorry, I can't, uh, can't find it. Caribou. <laughs> Come on, give fine. it. Which one do you want? Steam's a good ham. Oh yeah. You steam a good ham. All right. Yes. Oh, brilliant. I finally won. How many episodes is this? Like 37. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought Bismarck, Acabelago Bellago was a funny word. Yeah, Acapelagio Diageo. 
Funny word. So um, what else? What else we got here? No questions this week. No emails. Doesn't seem to matter how much I uh, reach out to you people. You don't love us enough to send us a question. We did make the charts in Finland, though. Yeah, uh, I think it's a first. So thank you. Finnish? F- Flemish? What are they? No, f- the Finnish people. Flemish is a kind of Belgian, Belgian region. All right. So thank you, Finnish. Um, what did they do? What are they known for? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was going to say the Muppet Chef, but I think he's Swedish. He is Swedish. And I also, I don't know if that is even the best reflection of Swedish people. <laughs> the American <laughs> cartoons version of the Swedish chef who doesn't speak Swedish. Erdiger, <laughs> Is that not Swedish now? No. <laughs> okay. What do you know about Finland? Do you know anything about Finland? Uh, most of it would have to do with their football team and that they've got the most amount of death metal bands uh, per population. That's Norway. That's Norway. You sure? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh. And that's, and that's black metal, not death metal. Whatever. Anyway. So uh, this shows what you know about our listeners. You give me stick all the time about generalizing their, you know, nationalities so <laughs> the thing anyway. is i don't claim to know anything about finland <laughs> well i have to pretend to so anyway uh, thank you finish we'll learn something about your place by next week um i have a friend who did a master's in finland really liked it you can do a master's in finland for free i think if you're a european uh, if you're a member of europe of europe I see. If you're a member of Europe, I just said that was that was a sentence I just said. If you're a mm. member of Europe, you can go and do a master's in Finland. Come on, let's go. This <laughs> is too long. Okay, so thank you, everyone. Um, we love you. Thank you for listening, uh, especially you, Cordoba. Um, <laughs> so we'll be here next week, hopefully, and I'll have more feedback on my new shiny PlayStation Five and this beautiful box here. It's blue and white color scheme and it's wonderful haptic feedback remote. Yeah, get into it. Play Astros Playroom. Let us know what you think of it. Get us uh, hands on. And you know what? Because we are not in any way sponsored or part of a bigger group. You get the truth from this podcast. There is no money changing our opinion unless Sony would like to pay us to lie about this, in which case we will do that too. Yeah, yeah. But even if it was paid or not paid, I'm going to have the same opinion on this, I'd say. But anyway, um, thank you, everyone. Uh, Yusuf, what's the email address? Not that anyone uses it. Press the action button pod at gmail.com. That's press, P-R-E-S-S, the, the, T-H-E, action, A-C-T-I-O-N, button, B-U-T-T-O-N, pod, P-O-D, at gmail, G-M-A-I-L.com. You can find it. C-O-M. You can find it in the description of every episode. (laughs) yeah so thank you thank you so much so until next week goodbye everyone goodbye